And welcome to episode 55 of Ripping the Rack podcast. Uh, as you can tell, we've got a fourth member today. So I'm going to go through. I am your co-host or tri-host, triforce tri-host, Tim. Uh, Maki, you're on bottom again today. So sorry, buddy. Uh, Maki, sorry, I'll, I'll just get my air. I'll keep my head out to the side. Yeah. I'll keep getting air this way. That's fine. Yeah, get, get your air. Uh, up on top, Mr. Brian, how are you? Good. How you guys doing? Doing great. And joining us today, the legendary host with the most of the Dudes and Belts chat cast on Twitch, Johnny Death Drop. Mr. John Starner, how are you, buddy? Oh, my God. <laughs> give, a, give a guy an XLR board and look what happens. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. I greatly appreciate all, all of you. Thank you so much for the uh, round of applause there in the uh, ripping the rack community. I appreciate it. Well, you know that's how we roll. That's yep. that's how we roll with this show right there. We roll deep. We do. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know John, um, he sucks, but we asked him to join us anyway. Meh, you know. <laughs> appreciate the vote of confidence there. Tim. <laughs> Oh no, Stan is a good guy. He, uh, he, uh, we, we're going to be doing some bowling talk today. Um, all bowling, all the time. Of course, this is our Tuesday edition where we will talk Candlepin bowling. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, as we get going, I do want to uh, plug a tournament here um, that hasn't been plugged yet, um, and it is not full. So, feel free to reach out to Will Damon. Um, or Stars and Strikes at fabulous Stars and Strikes Bowling Center in South Paris, Maine. They have a highly interesting tournament going on, uh, a 343 cap, three-person, nine-pin marathon tournament. Uh, this will be on June 19th, so it's coming up in eh, about three weeks, three, four weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, be 9 a.m., uh, I'll read through a little bit of this thing. So it's it's a really kind of a cool format and uh, one that I want to talk about briefly because I've never done a tournament like this. Um, this is a team event. Three four again three forty three uh, cap team. Each game will be bowled by the whole team bowling as followed. Bowler A will bowl boxes one two and three. Bowler B will bowl boxes four five six and seven. Bowler C will bowl boxes 8, 9, and 10, fill in any marks in the 10th frame. Uh, in each three-game match, all bowlers must bowl in all positions over the course of the match. Ooh. Um, yes. There's a, a caveat. That's the yes. switch the order up a skosh. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, bowl each team once in a three-game match. Each game is worth two points, with the total being worth two points. So eight points possible per match. Um, I, I think that's kind of a cool, it's 200 bucks per team. So call it good money, 65 bucks mm. a person. That's an yep. all day, all day thing. Uh, payouts are based on 14 teams. Side pools will be optional. Uh, they are paying right now. I think <laughs> they're paying three. <laughs> I think they're paying three spots. Uh, but I want to talk about this for a sec. Cause number one, this is 
cool as shit tournament. I've never done that's, something like this. That's so unique. That's what we need too. Some of these new formats, new styles of things in the game. You know, the the other types of tournaments, the regular five stringers or doubles. You know, n- regular knockouts and stuff. We all like them, but something new and fresh is the general going to be the way to go. They attract new people, and especially this could be a cool mix of people where you could get your higher average 120s or the 25s and also pair in very nicely 100 or 105 average because of that 343 average cap. Mm-hmm. Yep. That That's really different. I really like it. It is. Like with I, everybody, I, having, everybody having to bowl in every spot, it gives guys a chance to bowl anchor in a tournament like this that might not typically get to. Absolutely. Get put oh, in yeah. a pressure situation, you know. Yes. Johnny, uh, you ever bowled in anything like this? I... Didn't New Palace had something like this a while ago for the TV show when they had their doubles? Yeah, that was the way they did their doubles tournament, the old TV show. It was a little different. It was um, there were three string roll offs, but you had a doubles team and guy A bowled boxes one to five and then guy B bowled six to ten. So and then that was your team score going through, which it's kind of similar to this. But now we add a, a third person. And an average cap. And, and, and a three game. string. You get a bowl in all three spots. So I I I, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Um I can't I wish I could have I wish I could bowl that weekend, but I have plans. Um so I I can't bowl that weekend, but that would be kind of fun. That'd be a and- with it being nine pin, I mean, I, I, if they're just playing first ball nine pin, I know I've done tournaments where people have done second ball as well. Like, no, this is all three. That's it's how all we three. typically do it in Maine. It's all three. So yeah. if you have, like, let's say you drop six on your first ball and you only take out three of the remaining four, that counts as a That's spare. A spare. Yes. A spare. Oh. Oh, okay. Yes. See, I've run nine pin tournaments at Riverwalk, and we only do it on the first ball, where if you drop oh. nine, it's it counts a as a strike. Yeah. But the second and the third ball still have to be bowled normally. Like, you'd still have to clear the deck for your spare or your 10 box. Yeah. But that's another interesting caveat. So scores could be astronomically through the roof. Mm-hmm. This could, puts a premium on hitting your objects left and right, head pins. And, hey, this would actually be a perfect tournament for a guy like me that cherries the holy crap out of every single two-pinner I see. <laughs> They're all spares now. That's mm-hmm. good. Holy crap. That's why Tim likes bowling with me in, in nine pins. <laughs> It's, uh, I don't know, I, I just, this is, I'll say this, this is the one thing about Stars and Strikes um, that I, I am really coming to appreciate is their willingness to try other formats and their willingness to be like, screw it, yeah, why not? Let's give it a try. Look, running a business is all about risk. You, you got to take that risk. You got to throw it out there to the people and give something, maybe not necessarily what they want, but maybe they didn't know they wanted it yet. You try. Maybe it fails. Maybe it succeeds. If it succeeds, you got a winner. You can keep yeah. going with it. You can run it yearly or like bi-monthly or something to that effect. But if you mm-hmm. never try, you'll never know. You have yep. to try. I'm sure the latter series will be back next, this fall that they were running hope, at the end I of it. I do hope that they run those once a month yeah. in the fall. I really Which, hope they do. Speaking of that, Brian, you still have... I do, yep. The, um, okay. I looked at it. It's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I know. Uh, when you guys get back from your trip, uh, let's make yeah, sure let's we actually that, put a show do. you know, put a yep. show together um, so we can do that. Um, so again, uh, 
343 three-person nine-pin marathon tournament, uh, June 19th at 9 a.m. at Stars and Strikes Bowling Center, 108 Park Street, in South Paris, Maine. Uh, they will be using averages as of May 20, uh, May 22nd. So for those of you that, um, I think there are some leagues that are still going. Uh, most have finished up by yeah. now, I think. Um, so must have 30 games to uh, to have an average. Um, Pretty much end of the season average. If you yep. bowled a full season and you went to league, just use that average. You'll be good. Yep, you'll be yep. good. Uh, for more information, uh, to sign up, uh, you can contact uh, Will Damon, uh, Jeff LaPierre, or uh, I, I'm sure you can probably just reach out to Stars and Strikes as well. Will so. Damon. Yeah. Sounds like Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. So that that's that's Matt cool. Damon. <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh my god! Oh, see, hi, John. This is when you give me toys. Look, <laughs> hey, we're we're <coughs> excuse me, we're amateurs here, so we've got a professional. We're good. Easy, we're, we're, easy, 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 easy. Hey, I didn't say he was look a professional. At what? Look at the rub. <laughs> I didn't say he was a professional. What? I just said he was a professional. All right. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. Called yeah. a, Marky, it's called the use of words. It's true. It's true. The inflection. Um, is thank you. Yes. Uh, the second tournament um, I'd like to talk about, just because it is coming up, uh, the Mixed International National Team Tournament. Patient. Uh June 12th and 13th at Academy Lane in Haverhill. Actually, Bradford, Mass. Fact Haverhill. I say Haverhill. Well, technically it is Bradford. It's true. If you're well, from you're Bradford. Like the dunks Bradford. in the parking lot. No, not anymore. It's what? The they got rid of the dunks? It's not it's, dunks it's anymore. It's down the street. It's, it's on the same road. If you pull out of the parking lot, and you go right. Yeah, it's down the way. It's, it's right mile. down there. There's a cool little yeah. sandwich shop down there on the right. We ate at once. Uh, However, they, I don't know if it's done yet or if it will be done in the next two weeks before the mixed world starts. But they're putting in an Aroma Joe's in yeah. where that Dunkin' Donuts was. Okay, so you should still be able to go over and grab a coffee. If that was one of the best parts about bowling a league at Academy, I'd bowl my five at like second string or something. I'd go out <laughs> okay. and I take. I just put my my booty. I wouldn't even change my shoes. I just put my booty on. I'd walk over. I'd grab a cup of coffee. Come back with coffee for two <laughs> three people, and then go back up and bowl my second five of the string. It was perfect. It was right in the parking lot. It's perfect. Uh, makes, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Perfect. I don't drink they, beer. I, I drink coffee. I like coffee. Now Academy though, they have added a bar and with food. Right? They're getting there. Yes, I don't know if it's been installed yet. I haven't been in the building to check it out recently. Okay. I know that was the plan. The the his right side section has all been removed and it's all brand new lanes in there. He upgraded that section beautifully. It looks awesome. And I think the next plan is for a full bar and like semi food, semi full food. But you know, like yeah, like probably like your standards, your fries, your burgers, your chicken fingers, yeah. your things like that. Okay. Uh, your pub food, I guess you'd say. A yeah, small grill food. and a fryer. That's the plan going forward, Good. and he's gonna kill it with that too when that gets I going. I think, I'd, look, I've got a, I've got a ton of respect for what they do down there and for what they Absolutely. do to the game. 
Um, I may not bowl well in that house at times. Um, it is it is a uh, I think we could probably call it one of the more difficult houses to it's bowl. Quirky. It's I like yeah. to call it, it it's That's quirky. I was say, it's be, quirky. It's moody. There's moments where it's, you can light it up. Huh? Oh, go ahead, continue. No, I was gonna say there's moments that you can go in and light it up. And then five boxes later, you're sitting on 39 after five, scratching your head. Like, didn't I just throw 140? What the hell's going on? So it's yeah. not, it's difficult, but it's more quirky than hard, I guess you'd say. Yeah. You know what? I think that's a, I think that's a really solid explanation. Because um, we've all bowled in hard houses. Yes. That it's not even quirky. It's, mm-hmm. just, no, it's just tough. It's tough. It's stupid tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the, uh, candle prints for cancer is presenting this. Um, they have, I believe 18 teams, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely impressed that they got 18 teams out of this, especially without our, uh, without our Canadian friends. Um, speaking of that, I am hearing rumors that there's a possibility New Brunswick will open the main border for vaccinated people on July 1st. It okay. is a rumor. It's a step in the right direction. If it happens, it is. that'd be good. It is, and and I do believe uh, Nova Scotia has opened within There's no Nova travel Scotia. Band. There's no travel ban effective this week. I think. They yeah. Said. Yeah. Schools go it's back like Wednesday Thursday. or Thursday, something like that. Yeah. Um, which is their travel ban though was you couldn't even go to the next county, right? Within Nova right. Scotia, like. No, it was significantly more strict than many of the ones that were down here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so 18 teams. We've got uh, uh, we've got the list here. Um, I don't know if you guys want to go over the list or not, uh, but I do have them. You um, have rosters. Did Fuller I get them? Has Fuller I got do, his rosters yet? I, I don't know if Fuller's <laughs> got them, but I do have I do have the rosters here uh, that Nate updated as of four days ago three days ago something like that um but it, it'll be good there's 18 teams and we're gonna have 17 round robin one string matches yep. it's mm-hmm. a hell of a tournament for anybody that's bold it even people watching it the actions the good thing about the one string is is not necessarily for the bowlers we don't really like one string team matches but if that's the tournament that's the tournament however for the fans and the people watching you're always watching a different team bowling against. So the action is a lot more faster. You're getting and... a lot of good matchups too. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Very much so. There's some matches that us as the bowlers, I want a three-string match against this team. I don't want mm-hmm. a one-string match. That may not necessarily prove who's the best right now. But one string being one string, that's just that's how we roll with it. So but it'll still I... be a solid tournament. Yes. I will say we, we have had a, a team name change. Um, our team has changed the we are the penny lane prima donnas um, <laughs> because of the letter that Surratt got uh, yeah yeah pretty pretty excited about that <sighs> we found out who that was by the way oh did you yes yes we found out who that was can we say it on air is Mr. Irrelevant himself, because literally nobody knows about him in the candle. And I have contacted him and I have spoken with him personally because I had a piece in this whole thing. He brought up classic candle pins in that letter. Yeah. And that, that was me amongst a few other people. John was involved with it also back in the day. 
and uh, I've reached out and spoken to that person uh, oh, via YouTube Facebook, message. Yeah, Facebook, uh, like that Facebook post that Sarek put up. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We okay. found out, I found out who the person was. I've talked to Jeff uh, personally, and I've sent messages to that person saying that if you ever had any questions, maybe you should have asked the people who were running the show instead of making your assumption as to what happened. Yes, I know I put out a video and maybe looking back on it now a long time ago, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We move on. We all make mistakes. That was a mistake on my part. I freely admit that. But at the same time, that's not up to other people to do what they did and what that kid did was wrong. And I've spoken to him about it and I don't know if he likes me now, but I personally don't care at all. Well, I mean uh, he was he was right though. Jeff Surrett is a prima donna. 100% definitely wears a dress. I know he wears a dress. I've Kristen, never seen him personally in a dress. I, Kristen, I can... Chris, there was no doubt in my mind Kristen wears her pants in that family. Uh, I Tom, can't wait, to, I can't wait to bowl with him in a couple of weeks. I think Tommy, Tommy, Tommy wears the pants in that family. Yeah. He's yeah. Tommy yeah. wakes up in the morning and goes, Dad, go get me a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, Tommy wakes up in the morning and he just, you know, he pisses excellence. It's I just, piss excellence. I don't know what you know. to tell you. So, no, it's, but anyway. uh, Islanders just tied the game. Yeah, I just saw that. Okay. Poo -poo. Yeah. All right, we move on. We yeah. do. We do. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, um, We'll go. That's you know what? We, we won't. Anyway, we won't. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> we we won't. Uh, we won't go over the rosters yet, just because I'm sure people are making some last minute adjustments to uh, maybe add some prima donnas or get rid of some prima donnas, and maybe I'm going to need a new team after giving Surratt shit because I am on his team. So we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll do that next week. Next Monday. We'll, That'll we'll, be better, yeah. The week before the tournament, right before yeah. the tournament gets going, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. So, uh, lock letters. We have lock letters? We have lock letters. And lock I thought... The hell are lock letters? Oh, we have to explain this to Mr. Death Calvin. So, Calvin Locke... Oh, boy, here we gets go. Very, ...gets very upset at us because we get questions from Time our five. listeners and As you should which is great that's how we get a lot of our content um but a lot of times we will only get to like one question because well let's face it all three of us like to talk fact and so we don't get through them all and so calvin started giving us a hard time which calvin you know calvin being calvin um we we came up with last week. We were we we started calling them lock letters. Right. We get, we took we took lemons and we made lemonade out of it. We have a I whole see. new okay. segment called yes. lock letters. Even my wife watched the show that week and said, "You guys need like an intro." We, we need do a picture of like a beating heart, and from the beating heart comes all the like the letters of lock letters, and it, it appears on the screen. And if we weren't such an amateur production and actually had someone that knew what they were doing, Brian or Marky, not Tim, <laughs> we could, we could have that Tim shit. Called, called, wait, wait, Pink Floyd wrote a song about this. Uh, time. 
time. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's yeah, that's the other thing. Eventually we'll get there. I'll work when on I, it. I'm gonna start working on it. Hey, hey, listen, JT the Brick's gonna retire soon. So we they when need something I win to take the, place. When I win the Powerball or Mega Millions and I can actually afford a full studio and we have this professionally done uh ripping the racks slash dudes and belts studio. Love it. We'll we'll make it all happen. Yeah, but that's a long commute for no, because we can be no, we can be remote. Ah, uh, you do it right. You do it. You do it so it can be done remotely. I'm gonna start working on something though, because th- this needs to be done. Calvin is too important of an individual to the show that is ripping the rack to not have his own intro. Yes. Loyal so fans too come first. Johnny, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, start loyal with fans you. Fans come first. Not with me. Yeah, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Um, oh boy. So we've kind of we we've all talked about this in the past, but you're new to the you know you're a new guest. So what's your favorite memory or memories, plural, from bowling? Based off of my career so far, no mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making sure. Um, <laughs> yes, based off from your bowling. I mean, it would have to be 2018. I mean, that, that's the year that I won the world. That was the year that, you know, I completed something that I've been working for for a long time. And I finally have my name on the trophy. And the way that it happened was awesome. We did it in, in our home house in front of our home crowd, I guess you could say. And it, it was a special moment. I had one of my good friends on my right. And, you know one of the guys that I've been bowling with for years and Garnge on my left. And, and I, it, it was meant to be that year. And um, in terms of that being my only one, there's been a couple here or there. But if I had to pick one, I, I would say that that would be my most fond memory. And just me having my picture taken next to Cookie winning his fifth and uh, just keeping that as like a little keepsake for um, all the years that I've been bowling, being being able to have my picture taken with my teammate Dave Richards holding the trophy next to him. It, yeah, one it, probably something that I'll never forget. It's uh, there is nothing, and I can speak to I can speak to this, and I know what you're feeling. There is yeah. nothing like it in the game of candlepin bowling. Um, knowing it's just a getting there, the journey yeah. itself, the, the whole week of grinding, is. I mean, it's it's gratifying. It's satisfying. Is what you work for all year, every all year, every season. Is for that one moment True. that you're able to go through a week of hell, basically. You know, competing against the Luckies and the and the uh, the Marias and you know, like the main event and all these top teams, just having to go through all those guys just to get to the finals and having to face Lucky and being lucky and you know, it seems like that's a trend with them sometimes. But I mean, well, I was gonna say, was that really a challenge beating them in the finals? <laughs> what are they? One and seven, I think. Or something like that. Oh man, Sorette is gonna kick my ass. Yes, he is. 
Too so I haven't found video. somebody on that prima donna team from Rockland's bowling, but it might be me <laughs> and not you. But no, no, no. Much, much respect for Lucky because they get there every year and, and, and they go through the exact same thing every year, you know, and then they're, they're a bunch of good guys. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Everybody knows I, I give them shit. But I like I like each and every one of them personally. And I think, frankly, I think they're all great bowlers. Mm hmm. I, I true. I mean, I've said it on this show a number of times that I think right now, Baker and Surrett are probably two of the best bowlers in the game. Still, and let's face it, Baker has been doing this almost as long as I have. I think his first year in the world was something like ninety four. I think mine was ninety two. Um, you know, and and of course, Jeff's been doing this since the mid nineties as well, mid or late. 90s i don't know uh, you know that that whole team they're they're just they're all tremendous bowlers um except Beauvais, he sucks actually you know what i do have one other memory that i completely forgot about when i was a kid that is kind of like almost par with the worlds believe it or not so when i was i think 10 i was 10 years old bowling in juniors at program at the time and we have our annual rock and bowl um I believe it was the final year that Tom Morgan was alive. And um, they had a special thing at that Rock and Bowl Forum. Well, the year before that, I got my second turkey pin up in Canada when I went up north for that tournament every year. So I had the turkey pin. Me and my mom got together and I pinned the turkey pin on a card. And wrote like a, a, a note. I, I can't remember what it said. It was so long ago. But I wrote a note. Uh, sent it to Tom. And um, I was saying, oh, you know, thank you so much for, for all the good memories of your career. Yeah, I enjoyed watching you, so on and so forth. And um, so we, we get to the Rock and Bowl and they have a special announcement. I don't know what the hell is going on. And Tom Morgan gets up on the mic, and he thanked me for that note and said a nice little speech for me. And then I have Mikey Morgan coming around off the side, basically charging at me. <laughs> and just, Mikey was like that, though. He yeah, threw goofy yeah, shit like and, that all and, the time. Yeah. And he just picked me up and hugged me for, like, 15 minutes in front of a house of, like, 500 people. Because cool. the Rock and Bowl used to be big. And I yeah. think besides the Worlds, I think that's my other, you know, personal moment in this game is to be able to give him my turkey pin along with a get well soon card. Because at that point, I wasn't thinking about cancer or his condition at the time. I was, uh, I knew he was sick. Yeah. So I sent that to him and... I made Mikey tear up. I made Tommy tear up. I mean, the half the house teared up over that moment. And, and, and I choked up, too, once I realized what was going on. So it. That's a big I, moment for a young man. Yeah. Especially I, in I the game. That as as one A, I think the world's one. And then one A would be that that moment. Yeah. That's and pretty then, cool. And then he passed away about three months later. Yeah. So that would have been... I think that was 2000. I was going to say late 90s, early 
must have been around 2000 then, because I think. Yeah. I think, I think he died in 2001. I think so. Yeah, so the Worlds was in February of 2001. So it was right before my 11th birthday when oh, that world. happened. Oh, Rock and Bowl. Rock, rock and Bowl, sorry. Yeah. Rock and Bowl, I was yes. going to say, you had me confused. I was like. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, was two, it was 2001 when he passed, and the Rock and Bowl was in February of 2001, and I was getting ready to turn 11. Okay. God. So, yeah, that's, those are my two fondest memories of Candlepin as of right now. Okay. So, John, let me, let me ask you this, and, and I'm going to, we've kind of answered this, the, the three of us, but I'll ask you as well. So, bowling where you did down in, you know, Pilgrim and things like that, which was obviously huge from the kids' league and things like that. Correct. Who did you really kind of, did you ever model yourself after any of the, the adults at that time? Like, who did you look up to with bowling? Tony Marie Baldinelli. Tony Marie Baldinelli was my mentor, was my coach. Okay. And has always been, and I'll still call her one of the my success, I will always base my success off of her teaching. All day, every day. She taught me so much when I was a when I was a kid, five, six, seven years old, when I first started really getting into Canopin, really started to compete. She was always the one behind me. And I know you have Bart Medeiros, and I know you have, like, Pam Emery and all those coaches, Mary Wall. Um, but Tony Marie was the one that pulled me aside and kind of honed, honed myself together mentally from an early age. Um, that's why you don't really uh, see me talk or you don't really see me kind of outburst whenever I'm having a bad game or whenever I'm... Um, in a funk, because that was one of the first things she told me is you need to have a strong mental game if you're going to succeed in this game. And from the moment she said that, that's when I started to fine tune everything. Now, obviously, I was a little kid at the time, so obviously, temper tantrums and shit happened from time to time. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> yes. That's a fact. Yes. But yeah. the moment that I did it, that's when she kind of took me in really quick and be like, stop fucking around <laughs> yeah. fair enough get, get up there throw your next two forget about the two box that you threw get up there and hit the head pin that's all i want you to do is to hit the head pin and she'd be on my ass constantly but that was the kind of coach that she she was and then yeah. later on obviously i went to leo's and then joe brown kind of took me in and he's my other one but okay my main my main candle pin experience my main i guess teachings i guess you could say was from tony marie baldinelli well doesn't really get any you better know, than to, her i mean to attest geez. to what john was saying my last three years like i grew up in somerville which was nowhere near haverhill but my last three years of juniors me and a few of my buddies would drive to pilgrim every saturday morning just to bowl in their junior league because it was that good it was the premier program um anywhere around us and uh, Tony Marie was the head coach of the entire league. She virtually ran her and Bart in equal parts. But between her and Bart, they both had very different coaching styles. Tony Marie was so influential to the younger kids because she, the parents knew who she was. They had seen her on TV. And like there's a good 10 years dif difference between John and I. So when he was in the younger kids, I was in the older kids, 90s. 
well, I think it was 96, 97, and 98, yeah. um, that the three years that I was there. And she, like at that point, I was much older than John. I already knew how to bowl. I had already been to a lot of tournaments, gotten a couple wins, but she taught us the the mental game. She would always focus more on the mental. She'd come up and say, listen, you guys already know how to throw the ball, but you have to learn how to deal with it when it doesn't go with the way you want. Or even more importantly, how to deal with it when it is going all good, how to not keep your head in the clouds, how to bring yourself back down. She was very influential in speaking about how to deal with the mental game and that the fact that she molded so many of the young ones at that time coming up that are now around John's age between 30 and like 35 or so is a testament. You can look at any of them, the kids that came out of Pilgrim Lanes in those days, and many of them were some of the best bowlers of their generations. And we're usually pretty level-headed about dealing with things. She was very, very influential with the way Do she not coached. have a Tampa tantrum near her because I what what I she said, would rip your she ear would off. absolutely rip you apart. She'd come down no and joke. grab your ear and pull you off the lanes. Legit, no joke. Mm-hmm. She was the best with it. I'm surprised I still have my left one after the last one she did. <laughs> I remember yeah. yelling at my dad, she grabbed my ear, and he goes, you probably deserved it. And I went, yeah, I did, actually. Yep. Yep. Brian, what about you? Um, You know, my dad, I grew up going to the alley. I mean, the bowling alley was the first place I went besides my house in the hospital. I was like four or five days old the first time I went into a bowling alley. Um, and then dad taught me to bowl. Uh, number one, because he wanted me to bowl. But number two, because it was cheaper than giving me quarters to play Mortal Kombat. You know, it was cost effective for dad to teach me how to bowl. So I learned how to bowl. And there was a couple guys at that alley at the time, like Timmy Fields is a guy in Maine, um, older guy, really, really solid, good bowler back in the day. Um, he taught dad how to bowl. He kind of and then, you know, he's on my left. But that asshole on the screen there has done a pretty good job of teaching me how to keep my head for the most part. But honestly, when I started bowling with Tim, I did start, you know, I noticed my average went up because of the mental aspects. It was, you know, believe it or not, he is a decent coach at telling you to keep your head out of your ass. Um, you know, and it's just everybody else too. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's this, I say it's stupid, but it's true. It's the it takes a village. Like if you want to immerse yourself in this game, I did this at my first worlds and I highly, highly encourage if you are old enough, when you go to your first worlds to do this, Sunday night, go down to the bar and just sit there and just listen. Because you will hear the best bowling stories you've ever heard in your life. From and the that's best kind of yeah, yes. and that's how you immerse you. That's what I can say. It's not really one or two people. I've tried to immerse myself in the sport and be a sponge when I'm around guys like Holbrook and Bobby Witt and you know, my first couple worlds, it was just watching these guys I'd only heard of from Canada. And it was, it's just immersing yourself is the biggest thing you can do if you want to get good in this sport. I'll agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a true thing, though. I, I heard some of the, like, I went down there and it was like Myrick and a couple young guys talking about, you know, they asked the whole bar who the best bowler in, ever was. And oh my God, the debates. Mm-hmm. There were names well, come up like, well, you know, well, obviously I mean, you had years, yeah. but then you had guys that sometimes go really like Deck Klein was brought up. I mean, not at that time. I was like, who the hell's Deck Klein? You know, yeah. <laughs> well, that's 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 the thing with the whole 
you know, the, the best bowler debate is. It's very personal. It, it is very personal. And it's also very geographic. And it's also very generational. Um, you know, I, it's funny when I, because I still don't think of myself as, as an older guy. I still, in my head, think of myself as, you know, that, that 30, mid-30s. But I'm 50. Like, I turned 50 this year. So I span two different generations of bowling. You know, I've got the older generation, your Charlie Myland, your Russ Neelys, your Tommy Olsters, you know, uh, Jeff Atkins, those guys. Um, and then I span the younger generations of the Surrettes and the Bakers and the, you know, Richies and the Starners and the, and, you know, I can keep going with, with the guys that bowl. It's okay. You don't need to say my name and don't feel awkward I, about I it. I wasn't, I wasn't going to, <laughs> because we're talking about, now I will say this and I'll say this. <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll say this. Oh, oh, and oh, oh, he'll get a he'll get a foot in the bag for that one at some point next year during league. No, what <laughs> what I'll say is this: if you want to talk best teammates, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Brian Atherin is one of the best teammates I've ever had. Period. Mm-hmm. Bar none. If you're we'll talking, talk. if you're talking team bowlers, that is Brian is the guy I look to as a team bowler that can occasionally get it done. Again, well, as a team bowler, um, but but the whole topic of of best bowler ever is just you know I you're going to get the majority of people are going to say Tommy Olsen. You're going to get your Canadians are going to sit back and say you know a Hal Peterson or a, a Kansas Snow or a Donny Gauthier or something like or a Robbie Henderson, um, Tony LeBlanc, Tony LeBlanc, you know things like that. You know, your main guy is going to sit back and go, Charlie Mount, Charlie Russ, Russ. Neely, you know, and your New Hampshire guy is going to go, well, you know, shit, Timmy Lipke, you know, things like that. So it, it is very geographical and it is very generational. Um, it's almost me, like there's no true answer to it because there's so many variables that go into the question. It's almost yeah. a question made for debate. It, yeah. It, yes, because. Your conditions for Charlie Milan when he was winning 20-plus state championships in a row were vastly different than what they are now. True. True. But, wooden pens and rubber caps. But Charlie Milan in his prime now, if he was bowling now and he was in his prime, would probably, again, be up near the top because of how good he was back then. It goes no difference for a Tommy Olsta. True. I have the pleasure of being able to watch Tommy bowl and bowl against him. Held my own a couple of times. 2K Sports, are you listening? We need a 2K candle pin game. Oh, my God, it'd be awesome. We got to bring all these guys back. We got to get them ratings. We got to put all this stuff together. (laughs) We got to create stats, and we got to do crazy shit, and then we got to auto-sim like the world singles with all these guys in it and see who wins the trophy. Click on Epic Games and download the engine. <laughs> yeah, that worked pretty yeah, good the, for you guys. The, the Unreal 4 engine is free on Epic Game Store. Just got to figure out how to use it. It would explode my computer. So the last, the last question I want to ask 
um, and I'm going to rotate this between all, th all, all three of you guys. Um, and we have a hard stop at 45 minutes today. If this is your fucking Yim Nadero fucking question. No. Oh. Maki, who is your favorite main bowler? Oh, Jesus. No. Okay. Who is your favorite main leave. bowler? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> favorite main bowler with a name that rhymes with Gim Dadero. And the answer can't be Karen Matero. How is that not an answer? Because How it can't because Karen answer? does that not going to be my answer. Karen does not rhyme with Gim. In a different language, it probably <laughs> does. No, actually, don't my, be languageist. My, my question uh, that was asked, and I'm going to ask it, uh, Brian. I'm going to start with you. Yay! How much, how much practice? You get to be first is, at something. Yeah. How much practice is too much practice? I could tell you what. One year when I was in college, I bowled four nights a week, and I fucking hated bowling at the end of that year. I bowled Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night, and then I took Friday off, and then my dumb ass bowled a lot of tournaments on weekends. Um, when you only have like one day a week, you don't bowl. It kind of starts to suck, and you get like you, you bowl good on Monday, maybe, but your week just gets worse because you're just tired. Um, I think a that's too much. I think the right amount of practice is however much extra you can bowl and not have it affect your tournament or league play. You know, it, I know that's a weird way of saying no, that. That probably no, no, doesn't make and, a whole lot of sense. But I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer to this question. Um, it's just, and I know where this question is coming from. It's coming from, oh, fuck. They scored again. Yeah. Islanders scored. What's the score? Two to one? Three, three one. Three to one. Three to one. Yeah, uh, but it's right. three minutes left in the uh, second. I, I asked, and I know where this question is coming from. It's coming from someone that is trying to get better. They are not there yet, and they want to get there. So I and understand where they're we coming. We need it is. players yeah. like that on the it way is. up that need to know how to practice, how to learn how to practice. Yeah, Chip John, Carson what do you... once told me that you need to throw forty strings a week if you want to be peak. But that's also back in the heydays of you bowled every freaking weekend at least 10 strings. Yeah. So, Johnny, what about you? How much How much practice is too much practice? So when I was young, I, I kind of pulled uh, uh, Brian and bowled too much. So as as I got older and as the body started to wear down a little bit, I always tried to cap myself at eight strings a week one speed league and one three string league and have one of those leagues be the competitive league and the other league be a shoot the shit practice type of league almost where you don't a care about your shoot, kind of thing. yes yes beers yeah. and and just working on your game and you don't care what average you're throwing um and, and obviously if you have tournaments that week then you add a workload on that but just to keep yourself consistent and loose, I always go for eight eight strings a week, one speed league and one three string uh, shoot to shit league. Or the five string league could be the shoot to shit, and the three string yeah. could be like Friday Pro League. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of my recommendation. Obviously, you got young kids that just want to bowl, go bowl. Just don't overdo yeah, it. I mean, yeah. Uh, don't go bowl 20 before you got to bowl 10 stringer the next day. But. And, and you might as well get it all out of your system because once you hit 30 plus, you're going to be hating yourselves for the three or four years in your early 20s that you're doing oh. it. So, yeah. <laughs> Maki, what about you? Yeah, it's taking a toll. So I kind of look at practice a little bit different. Um, Bobby Brown, I don't know if you guys remember Bobby. He was a head coach <laughs> of the Wuven Kids League. Uh, all bowler in his own right. But he was one of the smartest men I ever came in contact with through the years. And I remember when I was on the way up and I was trying to get better. I was bowling in house leagues, averaging like 105, 106, but really trying to get going. I would come down and turn on a lane at Wuben and I would just bowl, right? Like five, 10 strings. And he would come down and say, well, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just practicing. He goes, all right, what are you practicing? I'm like, I'm just bowling. I'm just bowling box to box. And he goes, bowling box to box isn't practice. That's bowling. If you're going to practice, you, you'd you want to work on something. You know, even in a fresh rack of pins, you can still pick out the seven and the 10 pin and work mm -hmm. on your corners. I look at practice like that. To me, practice is going in and doing a thing, the same thing repetitively. Not necessarily just burying the head pin and trying to keep make the next spares and stuff, but I try to go in and even when I practice, like I still practice to this day, I turn the lane on at Riverwalk and I'll try to see how many times in a row I can hit the seven pin clean out of a rack. I'll try to see how many times I can hit the three pin with only the three pin. So I try to just pick pins. Maybe that's late, like, you know, late level practice, like how you get going. But if you're in the beginning, you want to have some kind of competitive league. Because they do say that competition will make you better. Bowling against people that are better mm -hmm. than you will make you better. So you want to be in a league where there are some better bowlers than you. But then there's also time for one-on-one -on -one time with the pins. And me personally, if I'm just bowling games, like just bowling box-to-box, -box, not like practicing pin picking, personally to me, I find two or three strings a day more than enough. You bowl more than that, you start getting sweaty. You start getting tired. You start practicing mistakes. Now you're heaving, you're mm. huffing. So when you start getting the big sweat going and you're huffing, it's time to stop. In my own mind, I have some friends that I'm trying to mentor up at Riverwalk, some of the older guys, trying to get into it, not professionally, but just getting to a point where they can average 100, you know, 105 in their leagues. And I'm trying to mentor them and help them out a little bit. And a few of them, like we bowl two strings together. And then we put the balls away. You know, work hard for two games and then put it away. Don't do, you don't do 50 reps with the bench. Right. You do 10 and then let the body rest for five minutes. And then you go back and you do a few more. So it's important to push yourself, but don't push yourself beyond the brink. Then you start practicing mistakes. And that's when everything get any good that you worked on could end up being regressed into what am I doing? And then your yeah. head's a mess and you turn into a fluff and not a sandwich and the whole thing mm -hmm. went to crap. Yeah. So it's it's very personally based how you do. So I'm not going to answer it because we're up against the uh, hard stop. Um, we're actually a couple minutes over. So I'll answer that. I'll answer that question next week. Um, and and we'll go from there. I want to want to thank Johnny. John, thank you for joining us today. Um, it's a pleasure. Pre appreciated having you on. Uh, for those of you uh, that... Uh, would like to know Johnny is going to join us uh, Friday morning as well. Uh, we're gonna, boy, uh, oh boy, it's going to be a good one. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. You're going to see some different sides of some people. You might yep. even see an old intro come come back for one one morning only. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. I know what intro it is. So it's the crunchy. It's the crunchiest. Is it the crunch? All the crunch is going to be back. Folks, as a reminder, please get us your questions. Get us your comments. Your, your concerns about Brian. Your concerns about Marky. Send those to them. Everything else you can send to rippingtherackpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, kind of on Instagram, not quite yet, uh, and on Brian's OnlyFans account. Um, that doesn't at ripping exist the Ra- and never will. <laughs> at Ripping the Rack <laughs> Podcast. Brian, where else can they listen to us? Fans, hold up. Listen. Hold up. OnlyFans? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We'll we'll go there on the next show. On the okay. next they can, uh, they can listen to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, YouTube, and wherever else you listen to your podcast mediums. Folks, appreciate it. Again, check us out uh, Friday morning, uh, Ripping the Rack podcast, and check these three yahoos out on uh, Sunday nights. Uh, Johnny Death Drop uh, Twitch channel, dudes and belt chat cast it's actually pretty cool you can learn some stuff appreciate it slash johnny death drop there you go thank you guys all right buddy see you later